Praise the Lord. Well, my daughter Allison, she's done the women's retreat. She's preached three times in the last 24 hours. If you'd come on up, we'd like to pray for you. Come on yes. up. Yes. I better knock it out of the park today and run around home base a couple times. Amen. She says she's going to knock it out of the park. Hey, we come to hear from the Lord, don't we? Amen. Let's just really pray. Would you really stretch your hands out? Let's, let's mean business. Father, we pray for the anointing. Yes. Father. Father, we're not ashamed of being Pentecostal. God, we're not ashamed, God, of the power of God. So, Father, I would pray this morning, God, Lord, may your spirit fall upon Allison. Mm -hmm. Lord, for no other purpose Thank that you, God, that you would be glorified, sure. that we as saints would be edified. God, that the devil would be horrified and that the world would be stupefied. So, God, anoint God. God, challenge us this morning. God, encourage us, Lord, that we may go into the highways and byways and compel them to come. God, if not us, who? And if not now, when? So, yeah. God, I just Amen. simply ask you once again, let the breath of God. Mm. God, what happened at Acts chapter 2? Lord, yes. let the glory of God once again come, God. Let your spirit, God, fall. God, speak to our hearts. God, not only do we pray for the anointing for the person that's preaching, God, we pray for our hearts to be anointed to listen to the word of the Lord. So, Spirit of God. Spirit of God, Spirit of God, somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say, Come, Lord Jesus. Holy Spirit, come, 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 God. Encourage us, God. Encourage us, God. Change us, God. Yes, God, that you may be glorified. So, Father God, once again, we pray for the anointing, God, for the quickening. God, open up our hearts, God, that we may listen. God, may we encourage the preacher. God, sometimes if they say something good, God, may we encourage them by saying amen, Lord, that we're behind them because we agree with the truths of the gospel. So, God, we thank you, God, be glorified glorified this day. God, we worship and we thank you, God. God, even so, come and visit us and speak to us now. We love you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. And yes, all God's God. people together said, amen. 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 Praise, amen. Praise God. Bless God. You, Praise God. Well, I'm an evangelist. And so an evangelist does this. An evangelist says, I'm going to go. I want you to picture that the church is like a boat. Okay. The church is like a boat. And outside of the boat, there's the sea. And in the sea, there's all the drowning people. Now, if I open this, will an alarm go off? Okay, good. And I stand at the edge, and I say, come on in. Come on in. Whoop. Come on in. At one after another. And I throw the life vest out, and I say, it's time to come in. Because we're comfortable in the church. Those seats are comfortable for you, but there is a world out here. There is a world out here that is dying, and they need us to send a rescue and say, come on in, come on in, and they don't know it. They don't know it, but they need us to say, we're going to stand at the door, and we're going to welcome them in, and when they come in from the sea, they're going to be a little smelly. Okay, they're gonna be a little dirty, so it's okay. They're not gonna look like church people, but I have news for you. Someone say, that's okay. We can clean them up. The, we can bring them in and clean them up later. And I've been going into high schools and middle schools, and I've been seeing salvations. I've been seeing God. Literally all the kids in the FCA club that come, they come for the pizza. You know, you got to get them somehow. They come for the pizza. They come in, and they're hungry for the gospel. Don't tell me that people are not hungry for the gospel. They are hungry for the truth. They are hungry for the word of God. And so I, when the Lord called me two years ago as an evangelist, I left my my job in the church and I said I'm no longer working in the nine to five work of the church now my job is to go out and bring them in 
And, and there is a need, the Bible says, in Ephesians it says that God has called some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be teachers, some to be apostles. We are all needed in the body of Christ. And so when I go out, I need your prayers. I need your prayers. Will you pray for me? Because I need your prayers. As I was even flying over here um, on our first flight, the Lord said, talk to that flight attendant and tell him that Jesus loves him and that Jesus can set him free. So here's this flight attendant, and this flight attendant is a funny guy. He's singing the Aladdin theme song over the intercom. And everyone had exited the plane, and you know I'm in baby mode now, so we're the last to exit the plane. And so he starts singing over the intercom, and then I just start singing out on the plane. And they said, the flight attendants in the back said, here, you want to sing over the intercom? So I started singing, a whole new world. And then that broke open his heart. I went up to him and I said, God has a plan for your life and he can set you free. He started crying right there on the plane. Do not tell me that the people of God cannot go out and see salvation and see the harvest because people want to hear the truth. They want to hear love. They want to hear that God is real. They want to hear that Jesus is God because we have a lot of confusing messages, but we need to tell people who is God. Jesus. His name is Jesus. I walk into coffee shops and they're like, I love your vibes. And I'm like, it's Jesus. <laughs> it's just Jesus. You know, we got to tell people the truth. And the truth hurts sometimes. People are offended by the truth. When you really start telling the truth, people don't like it. Amen. You know what I'm saying? When I'm in the middle of an argument with my husband and he's really telling me the truth, I don't always like it, but I need to hear it. I need to hear it. Sometimes we need to hear each other tell us the truth. That's why we have preachers. That's why we have evangelists that come and they speak truth into our lives. So I would just pray today that maybe some of you, God is raising up evangelists out of this church like he raised me. Because the motto of this church is with the world at heart, right? We're not just us for no more. We're not just, let's just live in our little box. We gotta be going out because there are people that are drowning. They are drowning in sin. They're drowning in darkness. They're drowning and the, the waves are coming and we are on the boat and we're safe. And it's not just enough to sit on our little cruise ship and pretend that nothing else is going on out there. Because sometimes the church can be like that. Oh, here, let me just pass out the drinks. Let me just pass out the all you can eat. But that's not what this is about. This is about us going out to bring the lost in. My mission as I go out is to save the lost and to fill the saved. Because there are people that just need to know his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. It's not complicated. It's not fancy. It's just Jesus. And he went on a cross. He went on a real cross. He bore all of our sin because we needed to know. We needed to know that perfect love exists. We, because when we look at each other, we don't see perfect love. Amen? It doesn't take you long after you got married to figure out, oh, this is not perfect love. But we know perfect love. And his name, the Bible says that God is love. And in his love, there is no fear. There is no fear. So we don't have anything to be afraid of. So come on, bring them in with their demons. Bring them in with their stuff. And the Lord can do the work. 
The Lord can clean them up. They're going to smell fishy. They're going to smell dirty. They're going to smell like they've been in the dirty ocean. But bring them on in because that's what this is all about. Amen? Amen? So if we could be a church that would embrace, so when I go and people get saved, that they come and they feel welcome and they feel loved. And so this morning I want to talk about how is it that we hear the voice of God and how do we distinguish the voice of the enemy versus the voice of God? Because as we go out winning souls, we need to know the difference between the voice of the enemy and the voice of God. And there is a distinct difference because, you see, two years ago, when I was working in the church doing all the stuff, I wasn't doing what God had really called me to do. I was doing what man wanted. And then something shifted in my life. God said, I want you to fear me more than you fear man. I want you to fear me more than you fear man. And the words of those people over your life, they're null and void because of my word is true. When you receive the word of the Lord in your life, when you actually live it and listen to it and walk in it, there will be fruit from your life. But how many of you know there is a real enemy that is after your soul today? There is a real enemy that is after your soul. I, if I just came, I'm leaving tomorrow and I just gotta deliver this message today. You need to hear this. There is a real enemy that is after your soul and he has tactics and he has strategies and unless we understand them, we will fall prey to them. We will fall prey to them. So today we, we're gonna talk about distinguishing the voice of God versus the voice of the enemy. Someone say, I wanna hear the voice of God. Louder than the voice of the enemy. Would you go with me to Genesis chapter 3? Genesis chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 1. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, God, that it never returns void. Thank you, Lord, that it's alive, that it's living, that it's active, that it is sharper than a double-edged sword. Thank you, God, that we can trust it today to do a good work in our lives, Lord. Thank you that you confront us with the truth, and out of that comes your love, Jesus. In Genesis chapter 3, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say that you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. The serpent says in verse four, you will surely not die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and that you will be like God, knowing good from evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and ate it. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they realized that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound. Someone say the sound. They heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the cool of the day. And they hid from the Lord God among the trees in the garden. But the Lord called to the man, where are you? 
He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And God said to him, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, God, for this word. Let it penetrate into our hearts. We're gonna camp that for a moment, moment and we're gonna come right back. How many of you know that the voices that we listen to have the power to change our lives? That our internal and external dialogue actually has the power to change our lives. According to the National Science Foundation, the average person has 12,000 to 16,000 thoughts in one day. Of those, 95% are repetitive. Someone say repetitive. And 80% are negative. Someone say negative. But if we just repeat negative thoughts, we will live in a negative headspace. But if we train our thoughts to dwell on the word of God, we will have a sound mind. So who wants a sound mind in here? Amen. The more that you train your thoughts on the word of God, on what he says in your life, and you speak that out, you will have a sound mind mind. Out of the abundance of the heart, the Bible says, the mouth speaks. If we can train our hearts, we can train our tongues to speak the truth. But don't think that you can train your tongue until you train your heart. So what is your self-talk like? You know, the self-talk on my way home from work, self-talk the I'm just thinking all the thoughts, talking them out loud self-talk, because I would like to suggest to you today that it is actually that self-talk that God is after in our lives. Because when he can really change our internal dialogue, that when we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, we can say, I will fear no evil, for my God is with me. That when we go through hard situations, we declare and stand on and proclaim the word of God, we will be victorious. What is the talk coming out of your mouth? Because I would like to suggest to you that it comes from your heart and God is after our hearts today. And the enemy knew that. And the enemy knew if I can just get in her head, if I can just get her to doubt, if I can just get her to think Twice I can get her. If I can just get her down just for a second, don't you think for a moment that the enemy doesn't study you and know everything about you? Just as much as there is heavenly angels around us, there is an enemy of our souls that studies our weakness and he studies our propensities and he knows them very well. We need to see that this occurrence in Genesis chapter 3 is no different from what happens to you and I today when that little doubt comes in, when that little thing comes in to our lives. You see, the voice of the enemy is rooted in doubt because it's rooted in defeat. I'm going to say that again. The voice of the enemy is rooted in doubt because it's rooted in defeat. It is rooted in defeat. So the only way that he can operate in your life is from a place of defeat and doubt. And when he begins planting those seeds in you, he begins to grab you. 
And he said to Eve, what did he say to her? We look at it in Genesis 3. Did God really say? Did God really say? And he manipulates Eve through fear. The voice of the enemy will make you question and doubt God's word. And once it does that, then he can have you. When he's got you to doubt, then he can flat out lie to you. He flat out lies to Eve and says, you will certainly not die. That's a lie. He completely lied to her. The voice of the enemy, the Bible says, he was a liar and a murderer from the beginning. He straight up lies to her. Right here, the voice of the enemy will work subtly at first. He's crafty. And he makes a bad thing look good to deceive you. Truth, I have a little poem I wanted to read to you. It says about truth. Truth went down to the stream one day and undressed for a cool, refreshing swim. While truth was swimming, a lie came along and stole the garments that belonged to truth. The lie dressed himself in the garments that belonged to the truth. And the lie paraded himself through the streets, dressed in all pretty colors as the truth. And a lie dressed up like the truth. That's what he was. Many of the people were impressed with the lie. The lie was so splendid. It was so beautiful. He looked and sounded wonderful. A lie dressed up like the truth. But when truth stepped out of the water, he found that his clothes had been stolen. Truth had to make a choice. He saw the garments the, that lie had left behind. But truth said to himself, we're talking about our self-talk, right? What does truth say? Truth said, I'd rather walk around naked than walk around as a lie. I guess I'll just have to be what I am, the naked truth. We need the naked truth in our life. We need it. And when Adam and Eve realized that they were naked, it was like their dignity was stolen. You see, the enemy will steal your dignity, but God will give you your dignity. The enemy will steal your dignity, but God will give you your dignity. That's what he does. And when he creates Adam and Eve in the garden, he gave them their dignity. They were living in union with God, perfect union. God never undignifies his people. That's the enemy. That's the work of the enemy. Amen? So we see that, we see that the voice of the enemy comes in to take away from us, to undignify. The enemy will limit you, but God is limitless. I heard this quote recently, and you know when you just hear a quote and you're like, oh my goodness, that is good stuff. And it just keeps going over. Talk about those repetitive thoughts in your head. I've been thinking about this one. So this is one of those ones that's been sitting with me on my drives in the freeway with Screaming Baby, you know? And it said, the devil doesn't come dressed up in a red cape and pointy horns. He comes dressed up as everything you ever wished for. Pray for wisdom and pray for discernment. The devil doesn't come dressed up 
and a red cape and pointy horns. He comes dressed up as everything you've ever wished for. Pray for discernment. The voice of the enemy will sound like the voice of doubt in your life. He's so subtle that then he begins to mask his voice as your voice and you just think that all the doubts and all the fears and all the lies that you live with are normal. But I have news for you, they're not normal. That's from the enemy. That's from the enemy. And so when we say, God, I wanna take captive every thought that comes into my mind, we begin actually training those negative pathways. If you study psychology, you'll learn that there's pathways in the brain that make roads and then they make highways and they get bigger and bigger. The more you dwell on something, it will only get bigger and bigger. So if we can train our thoughts on the word of God, we can actually redirect the pathways in our brain to speak and believe the truth. You see, this isn't just a feeling thing up at the altar. This is, I want to give you some meat that you can take home and on your drive to work tomorrow morning, you can say, but I have the mind of Christ. But greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. That God has anointed me and that he's called me. And that my God loves me and he's for me and he's not against me. That he said that greater love has no man than this, than he laid down his life for his friend. Jesus, you laid down your life for me. What are the thoughts that your mind keeps repeating? Are they thoughts of the word of God? Because today I believe God is retraining our minds to think and to dwell. The Bible says whatever things are lovely. Whatever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think about these things. Think about these things. The enemy comes in, he comes in to Eve's internal dialogue, and that's how he gets her. We need to train our internal dialogue to be so standing and firm on the word of God that nothing else, no other voices, no other babies crying can come in between us and God. That it's his voice that we hear louder than all the rest. But that's why I'm teaching you how to know the voice of the enemy and what are his markers. Well, his markers are doubt. His markers are fear. And we want to walk out of that fear today. We want to walk out into freedom. Amen? We want to walk out into the glorious light so we can be used to our full purpose in God. So Eve listens to the voice of the enemy. And she gave authority in her life to the voice of doubt. A voice that questions God authority, God's authority in her life. When we give ear to a voice that questions God's way, God's wisdom, and God's word in our lives, we are entering enemy territory. When we give ear to a voice that questions God's word, God's way, and God's wisdom in our lives, we are entering enemy territory. This is a serious word. You know, I, I like to bring joyful words, but I just have to bring the this, this serious before I bring the joy. Is that okay? I, I know it's a little heavy. I feel it too, but it's okay. 
Because we want to give ear to God's way, to God's word, and to God's wisdom in our lives. Amen? So if you want to be victorious in the battle of life, you must learn to listen to the voice of God. And you know, there's a difference between listening and hearing. I'm not always the best listener. Sometimes I just like to do a lot of this. And I gotta learn to be a better listener. I don't know, maybe I'm the only girl in here that just likes to talk. But I do it for a living. I talk to my husband all the time. I love to talk. And you know, there's a difference between hearing and listening. And it's a subtle difference of the heart. And I remember this. I remember growing up, my mom used to have to say to me, Allie, I need you to look at me. Because she knew that if I kept doing other things, that I was hearing her, but I wasn't listening to her. There, and, and so she'd say, Allie, look in my eyes. And I'd say, okay, mom. And she would get my attention. And because she would get my attention, she would get my heart. And when we listen, sometimes we can go through the motions in church and it's like, oh, yeah, 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 I hear the preacher. I hear the preacher. That's a good word. Yeah, yeah, nice. Praise the Lord. Pass the potatoes. Thank you, Jesus. And we go home and we're not transformed because all we've been doing is hearing. You can let it come in through one ear and out the other. But there is a difference between hearing and listening. And when we listen to the voice of God, Something in our heart actually changes. Are we listening to his word? When he called me as an evangelist to America, I could have said, oh, that's a nice word, God. I hear you and kept on doing the same thing, like with my mom, right? But I had to turn. I had to say, okay, you've got me. I'm, I'm listening and I'm going to do it, God. I'm not just going to hear it. I'm not just going to hear a good message. I'm going to listen because we need to listen and obey. The Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Our faith in action is what God uses to bring love and light to the world. So would we be a people that wouldn't just hear, but that we would listen. Listen in. What is he saying? Because what he's saying to you is not what he's saying to you, is not what he's saying to you, is not what he's saying to you, is not what he's saying to you. God is speaking to all of us, not just the pastor, not just the evangelist. He's speaking to all of us every day in your workplace when he says, talk to that person about me. Just share truth in their life. Watch what I can do. We are all those little conduits like, think of yourself, like, we all have those antennas, like, Holy Spirit antennas. Okay, what are you saying? And then when he tells us, we just go and we do it. Would we be people that hear, that hear his voice and that we listen? I want to listen. I want to obey. I don't want to get stuck. So God says, God says to Eve, who told you? Who told you that you were naked? Who told you? Who told you that you weren't good enough? Who told you that you wouldn't see that dream fulfilled? Who told you 
Who told you that you wouldn't ever get married? Who told you that the dream that God has given you isn't possible? Because we have a lot of stuff in this world, a lot of doubts, and we need to listen to God that says, who told you? What voice are you giving ear to? Who planted that lie of fear in you? Who told you that you weren't going to amount to anything? Who told you that you were incapable? Who told you that you were dirty? Who told you that you were unworthy? Who told you that you were anxious? Who told you that you wouldn't receive your healing? Who told you that it would always be this way? Who told you that you weren't qualified for the job? Who told you that you wouldn't get the raise? Who told you that you couldn't preach? Who told you that you were too old? Who told you that you were too female? Who told you? Because my Bible says that God has given the saints authority to go into all the world and to see the sick healed, to see the demons cast out, to see the love of God penetrate through a society that needs him. My Bible tells me something different. Man, I gotta preach on that point. So if you just give me a second, I'm about to preach right now. I'm a, I just need a second. I just need to regroup a little because I need to preach on that a little bit more because I'm like, I think we're like up here somewhere, but this needs to come down here. And I need to deliver this right now because I didn't just come to like be a talking ear to you. I came to deliver a message. And I need to preach on this right now. I need to deliver this to you. So give me, give me a little grace as I do that, okay? What does God's voice sound like? You are more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who gives you strength. If God is for you, who can be against you? You are filled with the Holy Spirit and he's anointed you to preach. Okay, okay, thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that you have called every single one of us in this room. Thank you, God. You are victorious. You will soar on wings like eagles. You will run and not grow weary. You will walk and not be faint. Okay, I'm preaching to the Presbyterians. I gotta, I gotta really preach this this morning. You will run and not grow weary. You will walk and not be faint. You will rise on wings like eagles. I gotta preach this morning. I'm sorry if it's a little loud. I'm sorry if it's a little in your face. I'm sorry if I'm a little too passionate, but the word of God is something we need to hear. We need to hear God's voice. We need to hear it, we need to know it, we need to listen to it, and we need to obey his voice. What else does his word say? His word says that when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That when I pass through the rivers and when you pass through the waters, they will not sweep over you. That when the fire comes up around you, you will not be burned. Though the mountains be shaken, though the hills be removed, you will not be shaken. That no weapon formed against you will prosper. You will refute every tongue that accuses you. Am I doing a little better? Is this, is this registering? You will refute every...
every tongue that accuses you, that means every lying tongue, every doubtful tongue, every accusation, everything, every persecution that comes against you, you will refute it and the enemy will flee. He will flee. He will flee. He will flee. Thank you, Lord, for helping me. I got to deliver this word. It's like a baby. You know, you're pushing it out. I'm pushing it out. I'm pushing it out. And his word, his word is good. And it says that we can resist the devil in James 4, 7, and he will flee from us. All you've got to do is resist. That lie comes in. Listen, everybody has lies that they face in their life. Everybody experiences doubt. You're no different from the person next to you. Shake the person next to you and say, you're no different. You're no different than me. I struggle too. But I want you to turn back to them and say, but I have the power of the Holy Ghost inside of me. I don't know about you, but I've got the power. I've got the authority. I've got it. I don't know what you've got going on, but I got it going on. Because I got the greatest force in the whole universe on the inside of me. Come on. Come on. Let's say it like we mean it because it's true. It's true. It's true. I don't know about you, but I got it going on. So get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. You can give a shout to the Lord because that's a good word. Get behind me when I'm going through the valley of the shadow of death. Get behind me so I can fear no evil. Get behind me. I'm going places. I'm doing things. I'm going to see salvations in my life. I don't have time to be stopped. I'm sorry I don't got time for your doubt. I don't got time for your fear. I love you. God bless you. But we need to move on. And we need to be people that would stand on the truth. Because the doubts, we don't have time for the doubts. We need to be so standing on the truth because there is a sick and dying world in the ocean and we need to pull them in. And if we're sitting in here ha-humming about all of our doubts and fears, we're not going to do our job very good. So let's put our fear behind us. Let's put our doubt behind us so we can walk in the fullness of the authority of the love of Christ Jesus. You can't have the full power of God until you have the full love of God. The love and the power of God go hand in hand. When Jesus walked the earth, he said that he was the way, he was the truth, and he was the life. And you know what that truth did? It hung up on a cross and showed us perfect love. So don't expect to show a world power without showing them love. And you know what? Sometimes the most loving thing we can do is tell people the truth, even when it hurts, even when they don't want to hear it, because it's that truth that when my husband tells me, I go and I say, oh, that's true. I need to listen. I need to change. And that changes me. So thank you, God, for the people of God that are ready to hear the truth and do it. Thank you, Lord, that every single person in this room is ready to activate the gifts that you have put in the inside of them. That some are called to be evangelists, some are called to be prophets, some are called to be teachers, some are called to be shepherds. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord, that you're raising up out of this place, Lord, like streams of living water. You're raising up something beautiful and powerful, God. So I don't got time. I don't know about you, but I don't got time for the lies of the enemy. We need to be people that are so standing on the word of God that as soon as that lie comes in, we say, uh-uh, no, get out. No way. No way you're not 
going to live in my house? No way. Sickness, you bow to the name of Jesus now. I don't live with you. I'm not married to you in Jesus' name. We declare the word of God. We declare the word. And when we declare the word of God, sometimes our hearts don't feel it yet. But watch, as you say things out loud with your mouth, your heart will begin to align. Your heart, amen? Amen. Is this, is this a good word? That, that your heart will begin to align with your words. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So let our words speak truth. Let our words speak truth in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Now we're going somewhere, amen? We're going somewhere. Thank you, Jesus. You broke it. You broke it. We demolish arguments. 2 Corinthians 10, 5 says, and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every single thought and make it obedient to Christ. The battle is won and lost in your mind. What thoughts do you need to take captive today? The mind is one of the most powerful organisms in our body. It has the ability to process up to 60,000 thoughts in a day. Our mind is powerful and God was not dumb when he created it that way. He created our mind to dwell on him. He created our mind to be full of peace. He created our mind to walk in love. He created our mind to know his word. He created our mind for him. Could we be people that use our minds for his glory? There's a huge mental health epidemic across the United States. We need to talk about mental health, but we need to begin by the word of God. And this is where we begin. Just super simple. Negative thought comes in. Okay, God, but what do you say? Oh, you say that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So that actually means I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's nothing I can't do. There's no one I can't talk to about Jesus. There's no heart, heart that's too hard for him. Nothing is impossible, Jesus says, for those who believe. Nothing is impossible. So the voice of God is rooted in victory. And I, I really want to hit on this this morning because the enemy will make you think you need to know how when you already know who. He'll make you think, okay, maybe I, I need to explain. Okay, so I'm just going to, so when God called me, to be an evangelist, I kept praying, but God, how? How are you gonna do that? How are you gonna do that? Give me the blueprint. Okay, where is it? And he's like, look at me. Look here. I am the how. I am the blueprint. I am the way. I am. I am. I am the how. You know the who? He'll get you to the how. He'll get you through the how. He'll get you through the how. It's like in California, um, I, I guess you could say I'm a little bit of a Dodgers fan now. Is that okay? I, I'm, a, I'm a little, I'm, I'm not in Dodger territory right now. 
But I, I actually did just go to my first Dodger game, and, and they have a really good pitcher, Kershaw, right? You saw him, he's in the World Series. And say you want to learn how to pitch, okay? And, and, you, and Kershaw says, I'll teach you how to pitch. I'll teach you how it works. I'll teach you all the ins and outs of it. And, and you're like, wow, Kershaw's asking me to, he's going to teach me? This is awesome. And so, and so you're like, cool. And then you call Kershaw back up, and you're like, okay, Kershaw. But, but how are you going to do it? Like, like how are you going to get me into the stadium? How are you going to get me the mitt? How, where are you going to get the balls? And he's like, dude, do you trust me? I'm the best. Like, I've got you. And that's how we are with God. But God, how are you going to do that? But God, how are you going to do this? We have the God of the universe that created it all. And he's like, I know how to get you to the field. I know how to give you the ball. I know how to throw it to you. I know how to teach it to you. Just come on with me. That's why when he said to the disciples, he said, come and follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. They weren't sitting around saying, oh, how? How? I wonder. He is the fisher of men. Does that, is that making sense, right? That he, he can teach us. He can teach us how we just have to know who. If you know the big man upstairs, someone say, he's got my back. Tell your neighbor, he's got my back. I don't know about you, but he's got my back. He's got my back. Come on, say with some sass, he's got my back. He's got my back. Goliath was three times the size of David, but God had a plan. Queen Esther felt powerless when she found out that her people, the Jews, were going to be annihilated, but God had her back. King Nebuchadnezzar's fiery furnace was ordered to be turned up seven times hotter than Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but God had their back. The prodigal son found himself in a poopy pig pen, but God has, had his back. Mary and Martha were devastated when their brother Lazarus was dead for not one, not two, not three, but four days. But God had their back. The Garden of Eden was humanity's paradise when the evil serpent came in and we fell. But God had our back. The devil and his minions were laughing when Jesus' broken body was bleeding from the cross. But God had his back. God has your back. He's got my back. So when you step out on the ledge, he's going to catch you right there. When you step out, when you do that thing that God has asked you to and you share the gospel with that person, he's going to catch you and he's got your back. Someone say, he's got my back. He's got my back. He's got my back. A dark and dirty prison cell was where Paul and Barnabas were, but God had their back. God had humanity's back since the beginning. He still has our back, and he's always going to have our back. He always has a plan. You see, the voices you listen to determine the victories that you will see. The voices that you listen to determine the victories that you see. I'm going to preach this home. I'm going to preach this because I watched a Fox interview with the Navy SEAL, Rob O'Neill, and he was the one who killed Osama bin Laden. And on his way to kill Osama bin Laden in those huge helicopters, 
He said it was hours of flying over there. And he said some guys, he said it's very interesting because some guys are kind of bored on the plane. Some guys are just sort of playing with little things, counting, and they're just trying to find ways to fill their mind. And he said, I heard a voice when I was on that plane. And it was the voice of President Bush that said, freedom has been attacked this morning by a faceless coward and freedom will be defended. And Rob O'Neill said from that moment on, I kept repeating in my mind, freedom has been attacked this morning by a faceless coward and freedom will be defended. Freedom has been attacked this morning by a faceless coward and freedom will be defended. 10 years after 9-11, when President Bush said those words and he remembered, and that was the Navy SEAL that went in and killed him. The victories, the voices you listen to, determine the victory that you will see. And he began saying that, and he said, I just kept saying it over and over and over and over. So when you don't know what to think, when you don't know what to process, just say, even if it's one little line, over and over, you say, but my God is for me, but my God is for me, but my God is with me. If all you can say in your midnight hour is Jesus, let it be Jesus, because at the name of Jesus, I need to deliver this. Are you with me? At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ, help me out, is Lord. At the name of Jesus, every tongue will confess, come on, that Jesus Christ is Lord. That Jesus Christ is Lord. Sometimes you feel that dark thing, you say, Jesus. Just say, Jesus. His name, Jesus, every dark thing in your home has to flee when you say the name of Jesus. You might not have all the answers, you might not know the solution, but you know the who. And he's gonna get you through the how. Because my God is for me and he's not against me. Jesus, Jesus, I need you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I need you in my midnight hour. I need you when the doubt comes. I need you when the stronghold comes. I need you when the fear comes. Jesus, Jesus. And you know what? You'll be the last thing on my lips when I leave this earth. Out of all the sermons that I preach, out of all the words that I say, there is one name, there is one word, there is one being whose name will be on my tongue. And if all I know is his name, then I know everything I need to know. If all I have is Jesus, take this world, but give me Jesus. Come on, somebody, take this world, help me out, but give me Jesus. Give me Jesus, give me Jesus, give me Jesus, give me Jesus. Come on, do I have a church that can help me out? Take this world, but give me Jesus. But give me Jesus. But give me Jesus. Jesus, Jesus.
Jesus, we need you in this nation. Jesus, we need you. Jesus, we need revival. Jesus, we need a stirring. Jesus, we need you to raise up more evangelists. Jesus, we need you to raise up more pastors. Jesus, we need you, God, to call us out of darkness into your glorious light. Into your light. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. When I don't know what to say, I say Jesus. When I'm walking through it, I say Jesus. I say Jesus because he's good. Jesus because he can get me through. Jesus because he's merciful. Jesus because he's gracious. Jesus because he died for me. Jesus because he's worthy. He's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy, he's worthy of our worship, he's worthy of our praise. He can break every stronghold, 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 he can break it, he can break it, Jesus breaks it, Jesus breaks it, Jesus breaks it. I can't break strongholds, but Jesus can break strongholds. Jesus can break strongholds. Jesus can break strongholds. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your power. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It's not about how good we sing. It's not about how great we preach. It's about how we lift up the name of Jesus. It's about how we just lift up his name and how we tell the world, it's just Jesus. It's not me, it's just Jesus. He's the reason I'm so passionate. He's the reason I cry. He's the reason I'm alive. He's the reason, he's the reason. And his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. When, you, when the world sees you, do they see Jesus? Do they see Jesus? When you're walking into Walmart, do they see Jesus? Do they say, wow, she's got it going on. I want some of what she's got. I want some of that. Do they see Jesus? Because the love of the Father is dripping off your life. It's dripping off your life. It's dripping off. Jesus, Jesus, you give us passion, God, to speak out your word, to go out for a world that is needing Jesus. They don't need another self-help book. They don't need another talk. Come on, could we say his name, Jesus? Could we just say Jesus? Could we just say Jesus? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Throw out our plans. Throw out our agendas. We just want Jesus. Jesus, tune my heart to Jesus. Because the word says, my sheep, come on, help me out. My sheep, and they listen. My sheep hear my voice and they listen and they go and they do what I have called them to do. Are we listening to the voice of the Father? Jesus, Jesus, it's your voice, Jesus. 
those sheep know the voice of their shepherd like babies know the voice of their mama in the womb. And you know, the one that you're most intimately connected with, you know their voice. Any married people in the room? You know her tone? And you know exactly what she means? Am I preaching to anybody? <laughs> you, you, you know the look. You know the look. Oh, okay. Yep, you got it. Yep. <laughs> On it, honey. You know the voice of the one you're most intimately connected with, the voice of those around us. Do we know his voice? The Bible says, my sheep know my voice and they listen. Rob O'Neill knew the voice of President Bush and that led him to his victory. When we know the voice of our God, it will lead us into every victory that we need in this life. So do not think that there is nothing that can come up against you that God is not. Amen. He is able. He is able. He is able. When you're not, he is. He is. Jesus. Jesus. Yeah, we can just play a little bit. More than ever, we need, we need God's voice of truth speaking into our lives. We need the voice of the Holy Spirit leading us. We need to live by God's word. He is the voice of victory, fighting your every battle. Someone say, he's won for me, so I don't have to fight. Someone say, I don't have to fight. I don't have to fight. I can stand. We can play a little bit, Corinne. We can stand. Someone say, I can stand because my God is victorious. My God has already won the war. He's already won it. There's that beautiful Rita Springer song, he's, he's never lost a battle. Who are you, great mountain, that you should not be moved? And I heard that, that statement, it said, tell your mountain about your God. Who is your God? Is he strong and mighty, able to deliver you? Because I don't know who he is in your life, but in my life, he's the alpha and he's the omega. In my life, he's the beginning and the end. In my life, I've given up everything to follow him. In my life, he's my bright and morning star. In my life, he's all that I need. In my life, he's gonna get me through. He's gonna get me through. Who needs to begin declaring the word of God over your life today? Would you stand up if you just wanna declare the word of God over your life? If that's you, say, I need to declare. I need to declare that word over my life because there's been some doubts coming in and there's been some fears coming in. And today, the Lord says, I need you to tune in to my shepherding voice. And sometimes my voice is gonna be really soft. Sometimes it'll be loud, sometimes it'll be obvious, but sometimes it's gentle and it's sweet. But it's easy to miss. It's easy to miss. Are you missing his voice? Or are you hearing his voice? So I wanna ask you this morning, if you would say, you know, there has been some serious doubts 
and anxieties and fears coming up against me and I want to begin declaring the word of God over my life, would you just come up to this altar as a symbol and say, I wanna declare, I don't wanna walk in that, I wanna declare the truth of God's word, come on. Come on, the truth of God's word over my life. God has a word for you this morning. That God has a word for you this morning. He has a word for you. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of what? But of power. Someone say power. But of love. Someone say love. And a sound mind. Someone say sound mind. I have love. every doubt. Come on, say that. I'm going to defeat every doubt by declaring my victory. By declaring my victory. By standing on the word of God. By standing on his word. We stand on your word, God. We stand on your word, oh God. We stand on your word, oh God. Would you just put together all right I want us everyone here is praying 
grab a hand next to you. I want us to make a line from exit door to exit door. And I want us to open up those doors as a symbol that this church is a place for the lost to come. So grab a hand and open up these doors if you would. And as we sing the name of Jesus, let's let the neighborhood know. Come on, let's let everybody know that it's still Jesus who saves. It's still Jesus who delivers. It's still Jesus who sets free. It's still Jesus. It's always been Jesus. It's always gonna be Jesus. And it's Jesus today, tomorrow, and forevermore. Amen. And we're gonna declare out there that it is Jesus. And we're gonna see the lost coming in. And they're coming in in this. They're coming in because we love each other. They're coming in because we've said, I got your back. God's got my back, I got your back. I got your back, I got your back. So let's sing it out like we mean it and let's sing it out because this world needs him today. Jesus, cry out the name Jesus, let's sing it out. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, you
together, shall we? Your name is a lie that the shadows can't to somebody. We're going to pray one for another. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, we thank you. Father, thank you that you have a plan. Father, Deborah was the first, the only female ruler of Israel during a time of national distress, but God had a plan. Goliath was a lot bigger than David, but God had a plan. Queen Esther felt powerless when she found out her people, the Jews, were going to be annihilated but God had a plan. King Nebuchadnezzar's fiery furnace threw in those three Hebrew boys, but God had a plan. The den of lions was a sure pit for the death of Daniel, but God had a plan. The belly of a whale at the bottom of the ocean was the lowest place that Jonah could be, but God had a plan. The prodigal son found himself in a poopy pig pen, but God had a plan. The man who was born blind never thought he would see the light of day, but God had a plan. Mary and Martha were devastated when their brother Lazarus was dead for four days, but God had a plan. The Garden of Eden was humanity's paradise when the evil serpent came and stole away the victory, but God had a plan. The devil and his minions were laughing at Jesus' broken body when it would hung in on the cross, but God had a plan. My friend, God has a plan for you in your situation. Jesus, Someone Jesus, asks you to do me a favor. As you grab a hold of that purse right now, I want you to pray for that person. God has a plan. No matter what your troubles are, God has a plan. Would you lift up your voice and pray for that person? Would you lift up your voice for that person that you hold their hand and say, God has a plan. God's going to help you. God's going to help you. God's going to help you. God has a plan. Don't give up. He's faithful. He's faithful. Jesus, Before we go, Jesus, 
There's a place for me. 